But in verse 7, Paul says, But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And that's important to understand that his grace is a gift. He says, Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high and he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first ascended into lower parts of the earth. And I don't have time to get into all this. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And we discussed that, how there are these titles. These are these people within the church. And they are there to equip us as saints. And saints are ministers, you and I, Christians. It's not some fancy word, okay? We use it like it is, but it's not. It's you and I as a minister. And a minister is not another fancy word. It just means a servant. So you and I as servants, we are to be equipped. What for? For the work of the ministry. And why? For the edifying of the body of Christ. And we know, and if you don't know, I'll explain this briefly, that if you are born again, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you are considered a saint, then you are a part of the body of Christ. And the body extends far beyond just this tiny room in this building. It is worldwide. We are considered a part of the body of Jesus Christ. And it sounds weird, but he's just giving us an analogy to understand how we work together and how we are to be unified as as one people. Just as my hand and this hand works together and my foot and this and that, all, all different parts, all unique, all having different functions, yet together... I can, with my body, do good works. And the same goes for us as a church. We all have different gifts and different experiences and different backgrounds. And God then equips us with one Holy Spirit so that we are one body to do the work of Jesus Christ on this earth. Right? And again, it's not just confined to this one church of Calvary Chapel Clayton. It is worldwide. But we are to grow within this body. We're to be equipped. And the Lord equips us. And I I don't know, like how I wouldn't be up here if it wasn't for the Lord equipping me. So he equips us for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And now this is the verses that we're going to be in. It says, till all, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And here we see that as we are to grow, as we are being equipped, right, as we are edifying, We are then to grow to the stature of the fullness of Christ. Okay, so we are to grow into Jesus Christ and nothing else. Okay, it's through the head of Christ that we grow. And we we base our measurement on Jesus Christ and nothing else. So often when when we compare ourselves, we're not comparing ourselves to Jesus. Who are we comparing ourselves to? Other people right? Other people. You're looking at other people. What's going to happen when you compare yourself to other people? You're going to look at the most immature person and be like, wow, I am way more mature than that person. I am way more spiritual and way more holy, right? You degrade where they're at and then you build yourself up and it's, it's all false because what's more wicked than your heart? You're going to esteem yourself above others. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12 tells us that if we compare ourselves with others, that we're considered not wise. So I think all of us in here are probably not wise because a lot of us compare with other people. 
We compare our lives, we compare our situations, we compare our giftings, we compare our height with other people, right? And it's even exponentially worse now in 2019 because we see so much of other people's lives, right? You guys have Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and internet, right? You see other people's lives and you see pretty much only the good stuff, right? And they have different situations. They have different backgrounds compared to you. And you're either going to degrade yourself because you wish you had their life or you're going to say my life is better and neither one is good. Comparing to somebody else's life is never good. Again, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, 12 that you are not wise if you do so. It's so important that we compare ourselves to Jesus Christ because he is the standard. Paul tells us that here in, cha- in verse 13 of chapter 4. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That is our measurement. There's a story about this little boy who was... You guys, when you grew up, did you like measure your height as you grew up to see like, wow, I grew six inches this summer, right? Like you go in your homes, if you guys have lived in your house for a while and there's notches on your doorposts and stuff like that. Um, I just visited my family in Southern California and they have 12 kids and they've lived in that house for 25 years. So they have this, this, uh, book bookshelf where there's just like 30,000 notches <laughs> of these 12 kids that have just grown up through the years. And, uh, you measure yourself, you know, and then, then you get all cocky and you're like, yeah, I'm almost five foot now. And you're like backing up against your friends and seeing who's taller. Right. Cause it's always about who's the tallest. It's always about who's who's the biggest and who's more mature and who's into mice. So again, question: How much am I like Jesus Christ? Because it is a beautiful thing to be like Jesus Christ. There's nothing more influential. There's nothing more powerful. There's nothing more beautiful than to be like Jesus Christ. And there's also really nothing harder than to be like Jesus Christ because it's so simple to be like the world. It's so simple to to follow the ways of this world. And one of those signs of maturity is obedience to Christ, which we'll get into in a little bit. Jesus says in John chapter 5, he says, uh, he he, he continually comes back to this point of that we need to obey him. We need to obey his command. You can hear it, but then there's a step further. You need to obey it. And Jesus goes back to this often. He says in John 5, he says, Not he who hears my words, but he who does them. He is that. He is then acceptable to my Father. You know, by faith without works is dead. James tells us, don't just be hearers of the word, but be what? Doers of the word. It's a sign of maturity. You know, and I I challenge you guys on that. Are you you doers of the word? Do you do what, what Jesus wants you to do or are you so swayed by your own decision your own flesh and what the world does that you follow after that look you guys are 13 14 15 18 you guys are so easily swayed and you need to have this firm foundation in Jesus Christ otherwise when you guys when you go off and I've seen it far too often when you become independent, you start, you, you start to falter. You start to break down. You start to do the things that you swore you would never do. 
or you get even further into the things that you dabble in. Do you think people want to be hooked on drugs? Do you think people want to become prostitutes? Do you think people want to murder other people? Do you think people want to go around and just being horrible people? No. It's what sin does is as you let it just creep in and you you have no firm foundation in Jesus Christ. Let your faith be your own faith and not anybody else's and not your parents. Guys, I, I, I just encourage you in that because I don't want to see you five years. I kid you not. There are so many kids within this youth group who have graduated that have just left faith. Okay? It's really important. I believe one of the first signs of immaturity, and there's, this is just one of them, is our division amongst ourselves. Okay? So it's important that we keep this unity as a body. Okay? As brothers and sisters. Because we can easily be divided. And that's one sign of our immaturity is division. And we already talked about the unity of the faith in the beginning of chapter 4. And how we are, we are one body, we are one spirit, we have one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in us all. General. Or are you not being proactive in keeping that unity? That's a one sign of our immaturity. Uh, Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1-4, through 4, he says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. When he says babes, he's talking about babies. He says, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. And when he's talking about milk, he's talking about baby food in contrast to adult food. And that's why he's calling them babies. He says, For you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, another says, I am of Paulus, are you not carnal? So there was this problem going on within the church that was saying, I am of Paul. I'm following Paul because Paul is awesome and he's just, have you not read the New Testament? It wasn't out then. But they're like, oh my gosh, he's amazing. And then one guy's, well, I, I'm for Apollos because he's just, He's got like these great teaching outlines and he's good looking and he dresses snazzy. And then there was others who were just, you know, they were just choosing sides. And Paul's like, what? You're acting like babies. Babies wouldn't even act like this, but that's what he's saying. That you're acting like children. In a sense, he's what he's saying is you're being immature because there's division amongst you. Is that happening right now? Is that happening within this within this youth group is it happening within our church within the body of christ are you causing this division are you not helping to keep the unity of the faith that's a sign of immaturity the writer in hebrews he also rebukes his readers because they were immature you continue to know more and more about it and more and more of it is revealed to you you continue to grow in that even the simplicity of things so how much more in the deeper of things? And deep things don't necessarily equate to solid food or maturity, right? There's plenty of people that I've seen that are very wise in the word, who know the word and, and know it inside and out, that doesn't equate to the maturity as a Christian. Some of them aren't even Christians. 
The maturity then responds to our obedience or disobedience of God's word. Your lack of maturity is because of your disobedience to God's word. But your growth in maturity is because of your obedience in God's word. So that's another sign of immaturity is disobedience. A sign of maturity is obedience. He goes on to say, and I'll try and close in about 10 minutes. He says in verse 14, that we should no longer be children. Right? You don't want to be a child forever. Even the Rugrats had to grow up. Right? You can still have fun just because you, you, you become an adult doesn't mean you can't have fun. Right? You can't be a child forever. And he says this, that we should no longer be children. In what sense? In this sense, tossed to and fro, back and forth, right? Just like you were in like an earthquake. Have you guys ever been in an earthquake? No, I was just in one last week, so I can say that. Uh, or, I don't know, a boat. You guys have been like out on the ocean, right? And it's just like throwing you and rocking you back and forth. He says, don't be a child in the sense of being tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Because there are men that do this. There are men that do this, that that take the word of God and they make it super like cunning and deceitful and they, they add to it or they take away from it. And what that does is it changes the character of who God is. Doctrine is simply just the teaching of the Bible in our belief. And the belief of every word is breathed out from the breath of the Holy Spirit. And it's of of God. Anything taken away or added to is is deception. And so there's those who, who share this, those who speak this, those who live this. And we, if we don't have this foundation in Christ will be like these immature, new, up-and-coming, like, trendy thing, and we all jump on it, right? This can happen, too, within, within the church. This can happen, too, within, within uh, preaching and teaching and doctrines and things that we believe, these new-agey things. You know, we, we are all for the new, cool, hip thing, right? That's what the world has made grow up in all things into him who is the head of Christ. And so here we're going to see a couple... Uh, signs of maturity the first one is truth how many of you guys like the truth how many of you guys struggle in telling the truth how many of you guys are good liars <laughs> are you lying now truth is so key when it comes to us as christians our our faith and our foundation is based on truth because god says it himself he says what i am truth We worship God in spirit and in truth, right? God, did you know that there's some things that God can't do? Isn't that crazy? God can't do some things. I can do something that he can't do. You know what that is? Lie. In the word, it tells us that God cannot lie because he is truth. And there's so many different ways of lying. Even just withholding truth is in a sense lying. Do you live an honest and truthful life? Do you? Do you even have a conviction for truth? Or are you just so ignorant and you're so immature that you're just such a good liar? 